join us if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh. One terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off. And one kid-friendly scare for the little ones. Or not-so-little ones, needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front. Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warm. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Hi, guys. Pull on into our Drive in a Terror for Season 2, Episode Number 1 of the Scare Your Pants Off It's Movie Nut Podcast. In tonight's episode, our freight-filled feature is going to be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, my all-time favorite. So grab your snacks, and we'll kill the lights. So how are you doing today, Shay? I'm doing I'm doing really, really good. I've been um I've been kind of binging some shows. Um and it, it's actually one of the shows I've been watching, uh just finished actually, kind of ties into your Texas chainsaw stuff. And um, have you seen uh Candy with Jessica Beale? I have not, and everybody's been t- it's funny, even m- my mother, uh, she was talking about it. I my yeah, a couple guys at work have been like, "No, Tom, you will like really like this." And uh, so it's on my watch list. I just yeah. haven't made it to it yet. It is. It is so good. I don't know where Jessica Beale came from. Starting with Sinner, all of a sudden now from the, the the pretty young girl that she used to be to this force to be reckoned with. She's amazing, and it's it's if you haven't watched Sinner, if you haven't watched Candy. Oh my gosh, check it out. She is she is unbelievable. Oh, I can't wait. Um, like you said, Sinner. When I when I saw her in that, and that was uh the first season, I believe, of Sinner, right? I, I yep. think she yep. and I was blown away. I was like, oh my god, this is I I always thought she was like a pretty face, and that's like totally on me because I just never really out her work or anything but she was just she blew my mind in that and it was, it was just so amazing and then i saw the previews for her and she looks great and the with the character and almost unrecognizable unless yeah. you, you can see it because you know who she is but it's it, it doesn't look like her so yeah i'm really 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 excited to check that out uh did you watch the first episode of the new season of evil Yes, I did. So, yeah, I am. I'm so. I feel like I'm more confused now than when they left us off. But so, like now, I feel like. I feel like they're almost making. Um, it's funny. They're they're almost making me not think she's possessed now. Yeah. Or like he's, it, I we were thinking like the the delusions aren't her that there may be him, and it's right. I'm so confused. Because at the end of the last season, she was on the bathroom floor, right? And didn't it, didn't the demon leave her or not? I thought the demon left her in that. See, I'm, I don't I have remember if it left her memory. 
I just remember her being on that bat and crying and yeah. being on the bathroom floor. And for some, because because that's the feeling I have right now that she's not possessed anymore. But I mean, something's going on with the priest there, or the yeah. Know, uh, but or or possibly. So is it gonna maybe it's a little far fetched. I know obviously it's a pretty high probability that something is now going on with the priest, but what if it's still not what if it is still her now she's just completely not remembering like it has complete control at times and she's just not remembering because otherwise that's a really vivid thing to experience um you know it's yeah i had that same thought too though i really did and then and then her not remembering is with the priest now it's almost like a it's like a form of unintentional gaslighting of yes. of him and which is anybody that's ever been gaslit knows that how infuriating and just it makes you crazy like it happened to me uh earlier this year or late last year by some uh a, a previous boss i had or whatever and it was it, it like i felt like i was going crazy getting gaslit and like it was only a minor thing so um but it really messes with you so that could be exacerbating what's going on with the priest and uh so regardless i'm in i'm here for it because yeah, it's one of the few shows that actually gets better as it goes along where a lot of shows you know it's like the first couple seasons are usually the best and then it kind of you know ebbs and flows whether yeah. it's good or not, like a lot like a walking dead where it's had some great seasons and then just some and uh yeah. it's so yeah i love that show what a good what a good show i'm really excited our new season is here and we are doing something completely different so i'm really excited for this you got a you got a movie for those looking for a laugh, it's time for the cappy. I do. So our new way of doing things for this season is uh, much like the first season, we're going to talk about three things. And don't worry, you don't have to hear me say this every episode. Uh, but we're going to start the episode off with uh, talking briefly about a campy movie. And then we're going to have our main feature. And then we're going to end it with a recommendation to watch with the kiddos if you have them. Um, so yeah, I'm going to start off. I'm going to talk about our, our campy movie of the day. And it's called Hell Baby. Have you seen it? I love it. I love it. It's classic. It's so good. Everybody needs to watch it. It's, yeah, it's so good. It's one of those movies. It's, it's really funny because it's not super well known. I don't know how it's not well known, but it is. The cast is huge. The movie is you will you will laugh the entire time it's it's so stupid but it's the funniest thing um all right well hell baby came out in september of 2013 it has uh rob cordry leslie bibb keegan michael key and really just so many other people in it it's if i was to name everybody that's awesome in it i would need another hour oh, but yeah. cordry and bibb play a married couple, Jack and Vanessa, who just bought a new house. Now, their new home comes with a few not-so-typical amenities. Uh, it comes with its very own lovable, nosy, but hysterical squatter. Uh, 
who in the beginning of the movie they can't get rid of, but by the end, they don't really want to, named Pernell. And that is spelled how it sounds, F apostrophe. No, I'm kidding. You, you'll see the movie that makes more sense, but it's really funny. Um, the host also comes with an old, naked, toothless, very saggy, extremely friendly visitor named Mrs. Noosebomb. When I say extremely friendly, I mean extremely friendly. And they are not shy about how they position. And it's a bodysuit, so don't worry. You're not seeing like an actual anyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awful bodysuit, but they are not shy about the positions they put her in. And it is, it's so wrong and so right in every way. Um, the house seems to have a horrid past, it, leaving it named the Blood House or the House of Blood. And then you learn quickly that not only is Vanessa carrying twins, but one of them is demonic. And this causes her to indulge in some very not pregnant behavior, like excessive smoking, excessive drinking, and a little bit of trying to poison the husband. <laughs> um, there are two priests who try and help the situation and frankly they're amazingly ridiculous they're a bit bumbling but they're they're so, so funny so good it, that I, I i'm sorry i just want to it, yeah. it's thomas lennon and robert ben grant of the state and reno 911 fame and they it, it, it it's like a parody of the 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 quiet priests that are also badasses and stuff so yep. they're so good sorry no no it's honestly it's it's hard not to get excited about them because they're they're ridiculous and they're and they're such a funny pair um it's hard for me to pick a favorite part of this movie but any scene with fernell and mrs newsbaum is likely to be on that list really i don't know that i could pick a scene anyways because every scene just has me cracking up um, throw in the audible assault at least a couple times sprinkled throughout the movie of a very loud open mouth eating. Um, and it's <laughs> Hell Baby is is definitely at the top of my campy horror list. Um, when a team of bumbling cops, two priests, a naked stoner hippie chick, and a squatter play hot potato with two babies and punch them, well, the demonic one. Uh, how can you go wrong? And if that hasn't grabbed you yet, how about sneaky, saggy, toothless, creepy, naked, unexpected, fellatio? You sick, twisted people. If you're still here and that made you want to watch it, that's why we're here right now. Oh, so good. So good. I love this film. It's, it's so, it's so great. And yeah, it's, I'm super happy I picked it first because honestly I was a little scared that you were gonna pick it so it was right at the top of my list I needed to pick it but yeah I'm I'm so glad you did too because it was funny when we were talking about it I had told her that I hadn't seen it because I have a terrible memory but then a few minutes into rewatching it last week or whatever I I was like I've definitely definitely seen this and it like she said it's 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 a cult classic at this point because it's, it's 2013 the cast is amazing it's it's especially if you're a fan of comedy i mean you got like i said guys from the state and reno 911 and uh guys from human giant like rob hubble a hubel and uh 
I always from forget the other dude's name. Uh, and yeah, Camille in it. Yep. And one of the this scene, guys, I'm going to talk about. I you might not find it as funny as me, but I just rewatching it, I was literally in tears. I hadn't laughed that hard, and really, it felt so good to laugh that hard. I hadn't laughed that hard in so long. Of they get high, and then Camille, he's just the cable and the internet guy. So he's like, after like craziness happens, and they get all spooked because they do like a sort of seance. Uh, he goes to drive away, and he's going like three miles an hour and just just rolls into garbage cans. And it's just the funniest thing I have ever seen. And uh, there's just, there's a lot of those, those scenes and it's, it's in, oh, the, um, the vomit scene. Oh my God. The vomit. That's, that's awful. Yeah, no, that's hysterical. You know what, you know what movie, you know what movie, you know what scene cracked me up right from the beginning? And it's, and it actually might've been the first time when I watched it, what made me sit down and be like, okay, I got to take this movie seriously. Is uh, when, when uh, Cordry picks Bib up and she's very pregnant. She like, her belly is bigger than the rest of her. And she says, oops, I peed a little. And then he basically tells her, it's okay, I peed a little too. I'm in tears. I'm like, I'm, and it's, and they are so perfect and they just work so well with each other it's yeah that had me crying from the beginning i was i was in yeah it's so rob cardry fantastic in this he and i i love another line he has he just goes because he keeps getting scared and this weird stuff's happening and his wife's possessed and he's trying to figure out what's going on and why she's acting that way. And then, you know, he, he's been scared throughout the movie and it just, he has this like, I'm so sick of being startled. And he's screaming that and I'm just dying. Um, yeah. I'm just <laughs> Back to that puke scene too. Cause I love a good puke scene. This one was just great. How it just kept going around from person to person to person. Um, such a good film i i can't say enough good things about it it's yeah. do yourself a favor guys and check this film out it's so, so good one thing that this movie does though that i absolutely love and you find this is this is something that you find in really really good caliber horror movies that they do and it's totally unexpected and it's i don't know if it's just i have misophonia which means certain sounds genuinely get to my core like the very loud open mouth eating drives me nuts but it adds to the experience too but there's part where she's scraping up her fingernails in the in the sink with a brush and that sound hurt my gums it was and they they just audibly assault you through the whole movie and honestly it's freaking awesome though i'm glad you brought that up actually because that, that scene did get me too and i ugh. The, the thing and i have such a thing with fingernails and toenails so that's uh check it out so good all right well anything else nope i think i think that's it all right guys so now we are gonna discuss the main feature of the episode for those brave souls ready for a fright it's time for the feature and that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, guys, this is my, this is my all-time favorite franchise. It used, to be, it used to go kind of back and forth between this and Evil Dead. Because and that's still one of my... That franchise is one of my favorites as well. But 
as I got older, I've come to really, really appreciate, especially the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just, it, it's a classic and it, um, it's inspired so many different movies and franchises itself and even just things within the horror genre as far as, you know, like a max killer, a silent killer, stuff like that. This is kind of where the, all that stuff originated. So I, I'm so excited to talk about this. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's actually nine films in the franchise. There's also comic books and video games, and there's a new video game coming, I think, early ne- either late this year or early next year that just looks amazing. And it deals, it, it deals basically with the characters of the, the main film, I believe, the, the first film. There's been a lot. The first being in... Uh, 1974 a brief synopsis here we have sally played by marilyn burns hears that her grandfather's grave may have been vandalized so she and her paraplegic brother franklin played by paul a parson set out with uh, a couple of their friends to go investigate uh after the go they end up making a detour to the family's old farmhouse or homestead or whatever you want to call it and they discover a group of crazed murderous cannibalistic spree killing outcasts living in a house next door um and then the group is essentially attacked one by one horror movie style and uh by the chainsaw wielding leatherface played by the uh the now deceased or late gunner hansen who does just an amazing amazing job as leather as leatherface even though he he says no words it just I, I, his performance is great um so uh the chainsaw wielding leatherface who wears a a mask of human skin and the survivors must do everything they can to survive. So that's just a general brief sort of overview because I kind of figure we'll uh, sort of jump in and, and j- jump around and talk about things. You've seen this. I have seen it. Where would you put this in, with your sort of horror sensibilities and movies and stuff? So. As far as like ranking it where I like, like yeah. that. So yeah. it's it's definitely up there. So I am, Halloween's my favorite, Halloween's my heart. I absolutely, that's my favorite horror movie franchise. I would put, that's hard because it's, I feel like I would put it up there. I think my next favorite would be Nightmare on Elm Street. And then I think it's right there. I think it's Texas Chainsaw Friday the 13th for me. And that would be number three. I think it's like right there tied, mushed in and, it's because it's awesome. And I, I love what you were saying about uh, Gunner and in Rest in Peace Gunner, obviously, horror movie legend. Um, he's so phenomenal at being so intimidating with saying nothing. He, mm-hmm. He's just the way he postures himself at certain points. And it's and it's one of the things, again, that I love about like Halloween is the, the images that they put in your head with no words, no nothing. You just see him and you instantly have this gut fear of him and he, and, he, and he does it so well i i'm glad you brought that up because that's brings a kind of fun fact about this is um gunner hansen 
when he after he read the script he uh envisioned that leatherface was sort of mentally handicapped in some way and he actually went to a home for people with mental retardation and autism uh although i don't think it was called autism at the time because this is 1973 and 74 um to study their mannerisms their movements their speech patterns even though he doesn't talk just to kind of uh you know base his character on that and i thought that was a really cool little little thing for such a low you know at the time you know considered a low budget film um so i just wanted to throw that in because you had brought in gunner hansen and his performance and yeah no he was he was great but it's it's funny too that you say that and that in it and it's it's obvious in the film you can see that you can absolutely see that but it's it's funny too because in certain parts like when he's interacting in certain ways with like family it you can you can see that innocence you can see that you know it it's i don't even know how to say it but you can you can absolutely see the innocence in this too when he's unless it's someone he's attacking then forget it but it's you can absolutely see that innocence in him, and it's and it's somehow weirdly sweet. It is, but it's yeah, no, yeah. That's a great point, and it, it is. It's like although he's this big hulking sort of maniacal killer, he there is a vulnerability to him in a weird sort of way. I, I, and I know that sounds weird, guys, because we're talking. I mean, he wears people's skin, and he kills people <laughs> with chainsaws. But there is just, it, it's, you'll see it when you wa watch it, especially if you watch it multiple times where you can, because um, the first time you see it, especially if you, if horror movies get to you, you probably will be scared by this just because the way it's filmed, it's very raw, sort of like, and today we would call it low budget, but it was the 70s um, and it was low budget, which I'm going to kind of get into in a little bit. Uh, so you might be scared that first time, but on the subsequent watches, you'll sort of pick up on all these little nuances to the character that just, like I said, although he's playing this crazed cannibal killer, he's there's a vulnerableness to him. It was marketed as being being based on true events. And although most of the story is completely fictional, He's loosely, uh, the character of Leatherface is loosely based on Ed Gein. And so was Silence of the Lambs and Psycho and a few, you know, this, uh, yeah, those three movies are all loosely based on the murderer Ed Gein who would dig up bodies as well and made like furniture and shrines out of their skin and bones and uh, yeah, lampshades in his house made out of human skin and just like, made jewelry with their bones, just just crazy weird stuff. If you're yeah. interested, search out Ed Gain, and that's spelled G-E-I-N, his last name. And it's a fascinating story. There's tons of documentaries about him. And at the time, in 1974, it was, this film was produced for less than $140,000. Yet, adjusted for inflation, in 2021 it would that's still only eight hundred thousand dollars you don't you, you barely make a scene in a movie for eight hundred thousand dollars now yeah. I mean, these movies are hundreds of millions of dollars a lot of these so i thought that was 
just uh, a little fascinating little piece to it. Um, and then it was rated R at the time. They were trying to secure a PG rating, but that was <laughs> that was not going to happen. And at the time, in 1974, there still wasn't a PG-13 that would come out in the 80s for yeah. a certain movie. And uh, I, I feel like that movie, I feel like that movie leaves leaves PG pretty quick. Yes, like, it's. It just leaps almost out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. Out of it, yeah. I, it would even be PG thirteen to this day. <laughs> no, it, it, no, it's it's. I I thought that was kind of funny that they're trying to get a PG. It's like, no, uh, no. Uh, it ended up grossing over thirty million dollars at the domestic box office, uh, which is equivalent to one hundred and fifty point eight million. So pretty darn good and by domestic i believe that 30 million it's uh united states and canada is what they call, they were calling on that and it was like 14 from canada and like 16 from the united states so that's a for 1970 the 1970s film that's a pretty low budget that's yeah that's, that's a great return on investment honestly that's huge yeah it's yeah it really is. I, I never, I, I would have never expected to made that much. Mm -mm. And then just another little interesting fact before I kind of jump into some of the other films and, or we can talk a little more about the movie too, but uh, it was actually banned in a bunch of countries. Oh, wow. But in a bunch of countries, uh, Sweden, Switzerland, uh, a couple of Asian countries. I think it was banned in a total of like nine countries for a while. It was, it was in Sweden. It was uh, designated almost as it was this term called the video nasty because you couldn't get in Sweden, but you could get it on video. And it was this weird loophole that because it was on cassette, they could get it into the country, but they couldn't show it at theaters. And uh, yeah, it was at the time for its violent nature and just how scary it was. Yeah, it got banned in nine countries. It's all little fun facts but this like i said this film is my all-time favorite because it just has a little bit of everything and i was mentioned earlier it sort of introduced to the genre that silent killer the masked killer the the idea of a spree killer going after people one by one by one it, all these things were pretty much originated in this film which i just thought was pretty cool pretty awesome that it's had such an effect as far as within this original film i really liked a lot of the kills in it and there's nothing like too over the top or anything um but there's just there's just a lot of cool kills so guys if you're into that in films you'll check it out because like i say you got leatherface and he's carrying a chainsaw and he's just this big dude there's a lot of great films but um the one scene I really kind of wanted to talk about was was the very the basically the the final scenes within the film, and uh, you got Leatherface chasing it's Sally, right? Yeah, yeah. Sally and chasing Sally, and they're running, and uh, you also got the hitchhiker giving chase as well. And they're running and she's running for the main roads and you run out and then the hitchhiker ends up getting creamed by 
by a car and Leatherface chasing her and another truck pulls up and Sally's able to jump in the back of the truck and and drive off while Leatherface is stand there defeated, but then does his little sort of dance and everything. Yep. It's just such an iconic scene. First of all, she she gets away, so she's the final girl and just her face as they're driving away guys it, it to me it's 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 art it's just cinematic it's so cinematic she's screaming and crying and just terrified but you can also see a sense of relief wash over her face like kind of it's just really d well done and then <laughs> leatherface is sort of ballet dance at the end you kind of bring back that that kind of reiterates the point of that that innocence that that almost childlike innocence that he does have because he is joyed yeah he is yes and it's it's again weirdly sweet it's i love it yeah it just adds this and, and it's classic and you guys will know it because you you've probably seen memes of it and everything and i just thought it should be brought up because it's just it's weird ending, but then you just sit there and it's it's like an oddly perfect ending to the to the film. So as I mentioned, guys, there's about there are nine films within this uh, franchise. I will briefly touch on a few of them. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two came out 12 years later in 1986. And this was again directed by Toby Hooper. And this one's harder to find. It's, I like this film a lot. This is, if anybody has a vague, like a vague re remembrance and they, they're not sure, this is the one with the chili kickoff and they're actually using humans with uh, in their chili when they win the, the chili cook-off. It's, I like it. It's a harder one to find. If you can find it, definitely check it out. Especially if you're if you're uh, if you like the original, it's it's a good one. Then this was followed up four years later uh, in 1990 by Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Not great. Not great. And it hurt. It pains me to say that, being a super fan, but. You, well, you, it's yeah, it's I, but because you're a super fan, I I think it's how you're you're so aware of the and maybe not wonderfulness of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, the problems. But this one uh, just has a young Vigo Mortensen in it. Yeah, I, I had totally, about that. I had totally forgotten about that too. Uh, just a fun little fact there, young. Like I said, this was 1990. Yeah, not great. It pains me to say, uh, and like I said, as a super fan, as she was saying, you're hyper aware to the problems with it and, and, and how it falls into the, the canon of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This was followed five years later by Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Now, this one's kind of campy. Get a, a we we get to see a bunch more of the sort of pretty woman version of Leatherface, the cross-dressing Leatherface in this one. But this one has a young Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey 
and a young Renee Zellweger in it, which I thought was kind of fun. I always like it in horror films when you see like a young actor that you didn't know was in a horror film like 10 years before they ever became famous. It's I yep. always find it fun. Uh, did you see this one? I So, yes. I know I did because I remember them being, I remember going back into it watching it and be like oh my god i didn't even realize they were in it but i don't i don't remember a lot about it i feel like again you're the super fan with texas chainsaw so i feel like some of them kind of blend for me but i i do remember them being in it so i know i've seen it well that i i'm same for me too like especially when you have like nine movies in a in a franchise it like even as a super fan, you start to yeah. kind of conflate two and three movies and stories and yeah. stuff like that. But just a cool little thing about this, aside from, you know, the Renee Zellweger, Matthew McConaughey, again, I enjoyed it, but not great guy, not, not like a great installment, but Marilyn Burns, Paul A. Parson, and John Dugan, who are all in the original, make cameos in this. Mm -hmm. Marilyn Burns, she plays the patient on the gurney, um, and she's actually credited as anonymous in the in the film, which I I, I thought was kind of kind of strange in the start yeah. of the first one, and then just having you know a five second cameo, but still just saying anonymous. But yeah, just a little fun thing for anybody that's you know a super fan, uh, you know, into those Easter eggs or whatever. They all make cameos in it. This was followed up uh, eight years later by kind of a softish reboot called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, this is the one with oh, a younger, a younger Jessica Biel, and not great. I don't even know anymore with difference between reboots and remakes and premakes and just uh, yeah. So it, it all the definitions I think somehow intersect. So I'm sure there's some difference but they're they're essentially the same thing i feel me too but yep this is 2003 check it out it was followed up three years later by the texas chainsaw massacre the beginning nothing of note i was trying to think of anything that i could pull from this guys that you might if you're a fan check it out a little bit tries to make it an origin story and i don't know it's not great but it goes a little sideways it's yeah yummy. thank you thank you perfect way to put it and then after that we had oh god the texas chainsaw massacre 3d <laughs> every, every horror franchise well not every but they a lot of these horror franchises especially in the 2010s and stuff were trying 3d god and they're never usually great yeah. no they're they're not and it's funny because i feel like texas chainsaw came a little late in the game to try a 3d because i know um halloween did a 3d and it was way and it still wasn't good it's yeah. like don't get me wrong i'm not saying it was good but it's it's funny i almost feel like they were a little late in their franchise to be doing the yeah. 3D. like i'm surprised it wasn't a much earlier one but yeah it was i don't know three and i get it because the 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 thought process oh you got a jump scare and it's gonna make it that much more frightening but they just never come out great i don't know it's and and this they might have done it and because they're 2013 i it, i think it might have been 
they were trying to do something with the IMAX theaters, which were becoming big at that time, too. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan, guys, check it out. That's why I brought it up just because technically it is part of the franchise. Not, I'm not going to, not the greatest. Then this was followed up at, four years later by Leatherface in 2017, which, all right, got Steven Dorff. <laughs> Oh, uh, and it, again, it was trying to, it, it got a little convoluted because we've already had them trying to explain the origins and this was trying to too, and it kind of it mucked things up a little bit. So, but worth a watch. And then we brings us to, which I did enjoy this one with the most recent, which came out of February of this year, February 18th of this year. And, uh, just called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's basically a direct sequel to the original, only 50 years later. And it there's problems with it. There's definitely problems with it, and it's it's a short film. It's it's not even an hour and a half long, uh, which I think that's some of the problems with it. it could have been longer to kind of flesh out. Yeah, side stories and some of the more of the characters could have been fleshed out a little better. But definitely worth a watch, guys. Uh, I enjoyed it. What'd you think of this one? I liked it. It's it's so I had there was some <laughs> logistics or maybe just I know in a horror movie and I know it, it, and Halloween. How oh, sorry, Texas Chainsaw is no exception. Halloween's no exception. I'm they all do it. The main bad guy is very survivable like he survives everything and he does but i had i I had a little issue with what he was able to survive in this one like it was just a little little too much but it's otherwise good though that was my biggest problem my biggest there was a quite you know like i said a few problems my biggest was that what i really like about texas chainsaw massacre he's a real person he's not he's not magic he doesn't have superpowers he's not supernatural like a like a jason or a freddy even um it's uh, or the way michael myers is becoming now um it's and then in this one it's like it's 50 years later so he's gonna be an old man and some of the stuff he does seems almost supernatural like you were getting at and that is my my biggest problem aside from what I mentioned earlier, where it just could have been fleshed out a little better, but there's a lot of great homages and it to the yeah. original. And there is, especially like the final scenes there. And then even the end credit scene and all that great little homages. To so it. I feel like, I feel like one other thing that I had a little bit of a problem with, and it was, um, uh, I just forgot her name. Sally, there we go. Um, oh yes. When she finally, it's it's such a buildup to find him, to get to him. She gets to him, and she's in that room, and she and she wants him to talk to her. She's never talked. I mean, he's never talked. Why do you think right now that of all the time you could end this, you could end all of this right now, and that's all you've been wanting for forty? Is it forty years? Something like that. Forty or fifty. Fifty, yeah. something like that. That's all you've been wanting. And, it, and you don't, and it's, but then the point where he basically picks her up 
with the chainsaw too and she manages that's that's that was a little weird for me too i think is is that much of it but i'm glad you brought that up actually because yeah there was like she gets sally gets reintroduced played by a different actress at this point um and now you, you, she's become like a, a marshal or uh or texas ranger or uh, one, one or the other i believe maybe they're probably a texas ranger sort of this badass that now you know in the past 40 or 50 years has been you know training gearing to to finally bring leatherface down and then she gets that scene and like you said she wants to talk and she goes from this badass that's been training for 50 years to the most frightened person i've ever seen in an in a horror movie and it's just this weird dichotomy and i don't know why the director or maybe maybe that's what is i'm sure it is rather what he told her to do but it just seems so weird to me because yeah. you're introduced as this badass and then now she's in that position and she just melts and just is is terrified so yeah, good point that you brought that up because yeah that's very very problematic but as a whole i liked the movie it just had some problems it's, yeah. uh, so check it out and yeah guys that's that's pretty much that i, I know that that was a lot uh, but that's the texas chainsaw massacre is there anything else we should discuss about it? No, I think you, I mean, I think you really summed everything up and I feel like we touched on all of the important stuff, you know, it's, it's good job. Yeah. Right. Cool. cool. For the <coughs> little ones, it's time for the kids scare. So uh, I have the privilege of recommending the kids movie for today. Nice. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend and I'm sure you've seen it if you haven't welcome out from under whatever hole or rock you've been under I'm gonna recommend Beetlejuice um came out in 1988 has Michael Keaton Winona Ryder Gina Davis Catherine O'Hara really oodles of people um that are so talented it's rated PG and to sum up the movie real quick if again somehow you managed to miss this um, Barbara and Adam Maitland die on their way back to the house, their dream house, uh, from the hardware store where they were picking up um, stuff for Adam's very elaborate scale model of the whole town. At first, when they get home, yes, I said they died and now they got home, um, they're not 100% sure that they're dead, but kind of some things make them be like, something's not right here like you can't see reflections and the lighting of fingertips on fire um and then they find a very helpful guide called the handbook for the handbook for the recently deceased uh after very little time the previously annoying neighbor who was encouraging them to sell their dream home i hate this lady you've seen this movie you will hate this lady if you haven't seen it already um and there, she was constantly trying to convince them to sell the home to a family because she didn't think that basically it was right for the two of them because it was too big. Following their death, she eventually got her way and found the home new owners, the Dietzes. You have Delia, Charles, and then their teen daughter, daughter Lydia, who I wanted to be. Like, I idolized her. I absolutely wanted to be her she was just phenomenal and that's played by Winona Ryder so good 
she's amazing um her mom and dad are of course oblivious to the past owners currently haunting their home um but lydia is very aware and even forms a relationship with them uh delia deets the mom is a headstrong narcissist who very quickly starts making the home her own which i know is normal and whatnot but her taste is a little assaulting um the Maitlands, Adam and Barbara, uh, seek help in getting rid of their problem roommates. Meanwhile, not really wanting to get rid of Lydia, Lydia because they grew to love her, um, they still seek out help because they just can't live like this anymore. They talk to their afterlife caseworker, Juno, who recommended some basically parlor tricks to try and get rid of their unwelcome roommates. But none of them worked. So they pulled the big guns. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And out comes the ghost with the most and self-proclaimed bio-exorcist. Now the show can really start. In this movie, there's no nudity. You see some scantily clad ghost ladies, maybe. A little extra leg, maybe a little cleavage. Nothing too bad. Um, Beetlejuice does grab himself in a very Michael Jackson fashion uh, once. And beyond that, the humor, really, anything inappropriate is going to be above the kiddos' heads for the most part. And you'll enjoy it because it's really funny. Um, there is some use of swear words. Uh, they say the F word once clearly, once not so clearly. Uh, the S word twice. And they say uh, PO'd once. And then they also throw in some hells and damnits and, and whatever. Um, so it's it's a pretty it is actually a pretty clean movie with definitely some adult humor sprinkled throughout but it's it's a great watch for the kids it's something i grew up watching i'm sure you grew up watching it too tom and um it's it's great i love this film uh great job there because this this it, it's a classic I, I call it a cult classic but it's a classic at this point yeah and the cast is amazing like you said it came out in this t this great time in like the 80s into the the 90s where they were able to make kid movies that also appealed to adults and and you know disney even did it to a certain degree with some of their animated and films uh to throw in those sort of adult jokes to make it mm -hmm. something for the parents when they go but this this does a really good job of towing that line where like you said these kids as they get older they're gonna be like oh my god <laughs> oh my god yep. like i laughed at that not realizing what i was really laughing at and so it's it's just a classic guys do yourself here i had such a crush on winona Ryder at this time this you know this and in edward scissorhands and to just uh yep. she, was, she was everywhere for a while and she's just fantastic at it the, uh, the catherine o'hara who is just amazing like she said this film is fantastic guys it's a classic check it out you will enjoy it i may i i i watch it a couple times a year just yeah same uh, just put it on and just kind of in it, or if it comes on on like i said i don't watch a ton of just regular tv but if i am and it comes on i'll start watching it from any point that it starts because it's just it's that much fun guys do yourself a favor check it out yep check it out with the kids all right 
So, anything else you want to discuss? No, I think I think I uh, I think that's all I got. All right. Well, all right. Thanks so much for joining us, guys, and make sure to meet us at the snack bar next week when Halloween will be on the big screen. So, until then, guys, sweet dreams. Thanks. Sweet dreams. As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts. If we haven't scared you away yet, you're our kind of people. So check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers if those closet doors shut. <laughs> Till next week, my friends.